Good afternoon, DC sports fans. Welcome to Mr. Elvin Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Mottram. It is Thursday, February 8th. Joining us on the phone from Washington City Paper, it's Matt Turrell. Hey, Matt. Happy Thursday, Jeremy. What are we talking about? Um, what? I, you know, we could talk about a lot of things. Uh, uh, the Wizards made a, a big trade today. Did they? No, they traded Sheldon Mack for like nothing. I'm not clear. I don't understand basketball trades, but my understanding is they traded Sheldon Mack for nothing, and that's good. I didn't know that he was on the team, so that sounds like an even deal. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're done. Thanks for listening. Uh, uh, buy a house. Well, the other thing that happened, uh, Jimmy G, uh, Gotapolo, Jimmy Guap, Jimmy GQ, uh, five years, $137 million from the 49ers. That's, that's that Kirk Cousins money. That's what should have happened here. What is it? Because everybody's, <laughs> everybody's smugly being like, oh, now that's a team that knows how to take care of its quarterback. When you have a star quarterback, that's what you do. And I agree. When you have a star quarterback, that's what you do. So, therefore, by definition, I guess the decision makers in Washington thought they didn't have a star quarterback. Um, I don't know. I'm so ready for Kirk Cousins to just exit my life. I cannot even tell you. Um, have you come around on the? I, I was I was asked a couple of different times after our last podcast, which was recorded the night of the Alex Smith deal, as the trade was unfolding. Neither one of us felt particularly good about it. In fact, we felt really bad about it. Uh, I've been asked. I, do we like? Do I? Do we like the deal any better now that a little time has passed and we've gotten to absorb absorb the loss, so to speak? Do you feel any better about it? Incrementally better, yes, because I feel better about it for next year. I think. I think at a minimum, I believe that Smith is equal to or possibly better than Kirk Cousins. So from that perspective, hey, maybe the team will do better next year. Uh, other than that, though, I still don't like the way it went down. I don't like what it says about their approach to the offseason. I don't like uh, all the stuff that we didn't like when we were talking about it. I don't like, but I have been persuaded in Alex Smith's good traits in the immediate future. Yeah, I mean, I would say I've, I feel better about it only because, like, everything was happening all at once and I couldn't handle it. Yes. Like, like Cousins... You know, learning that he wasn't going to be coming back in any fashion, let, you know, would have been nice if we got a long-term deal, but it wasn't happening at all. Learning about that, then it's like, oh, well, we got Alex Smith, and oh, by the way, we extended him through 2022. Um, okay, great. And then it's like, yeah. oh, and we also traded a third-round pick. We did. We even, like, stopped recording before it was learned that Kendall Fuller was also gone. Um, so it, the trade on its own, where it's just, I'm just talking about Alex Smith and the extension and the pick and Kendall Fuller, like, I still don't like that, but I feel better about it. I'm more, like, comfortable with that. I I do find myself getting progressively angrier, though, that, like, the Redskins could draft and develop a top 15 quarterback. I'm not even going to say top 10. I'm just going to say top 15. And would let him go for nothing. Like, that, that is just burrowed deep inside my soul and it's, is bothering me to no end. Well, I'm hoping we get a true referendum on Cousins by getting him out of town into a different offense, and then we'll know just how badly they screwed up. Mm-hmm. And then we'll know. If, if, if Cousins leaves and is the superstar that many people believe he will be, then yes, horrible screw-up, unforgivable. But if he leaves and it turns out that he really is just kind of an okay quarterback, then, like, whatever. Yeah. Leave. Bye. <laughs> that'll make me feel. That'll make me feel good. If, if, yeah, I'm rooting for his demise, and then when that happens, eventually we'll all feel better about ourselves. Well, I mean, I'll never feel better about myself, but I'll feel better about the decisions the football team made. 
So we're not, that's, that's the sports portion of the Mr. Elvin podcast today. We're about to enter into the Disney cruise portion, which I understand you, you went on a, on a Disney cruise with your family. Uh, why else would somebody go on a Disney cruise unless they were like a, like a psycho killer or something? Um, how was it being at sea, uh, you know, like, like aboard the happiest place on earth? It was really good. I feel like there's a crucial piece of backstory to this conversation, at least as I think about it, which is that the first time I took my family to Walt Disney World, the happiest place on earth, I texted or uh, probably G-chat or whatever. I got in touch with you and I said, hey, I think you said you went to Disney recently. Uh, uh, you have any pointers? And you immediately came back with, yes, you are going to war. Think of it as war. And then there was like this string of like, complicated rules and suggestions and things so like you you are a disney uh or at least we're a disney expert i think that's crucial backstory to this i feel like i feel like i'm more it's probably better to characterize it as a disney veteran i've been through oh, yeah. three three disney wars uh every <laughs> other year for the past five years okay but you've never done the seaborn version of it nor will i ever so i have you ever done any cruises I cruised to the Bahamas once for spring break, but I don't think that counts. Uh, yeah, probably not. I had never done anything even remotely cruise-like. I, I would say that taking the ferry uh, to get from Virginia back to Maryland is the closest I've come to a cruise. Um, so well, that's, it was that's basically what this was, was a ferry from Miami to the Bahamas. <laughs> yeah, totally. It. it just drove the car right onto it, sat in the car the whole yeah. time, yelled at the kids, and got off. It was great. Yeah. Um, it was really good. I really liked it a lot. I think the kids liked it the most, which is kind of as it should be. Uh, my wife liked it a lot. We were with friends who were also uh, veterans. They were Disney Cruise veterans. I think so that they really were helps give... that you went with a like, friendly family. That's good. Yeah, crucial. Crucial. Yeah. And the, the kids are the same age as our kids, so the kids had someone to play with. Uh, I. It wasn't as preposterous as I sort of thought it would be. Like It felt like it would be ripe with... Com you know, comedy potential, but it really wasn't. It was really a lot of fun. Uh, the kids, they they get to get checked into this like kids club area, and they wear these little wristbands that they beep themselves in with, kind of like the ones you get at Walt Disney World. Uh, yeah. And then they just stay there. And this thing is open till midnight, so you can conceivably, if you were really had a, a loose definition of a family vacation, you could just check your kids into the kids club and go drink below decks and just Wait be done with it. You just leave them there? You, yeah. Oh, yeah. How long? How old are the kids and how long do, would you leave them in the kids zone? Our kids are seven and nine. Uh, you, We would leave them there. I mean, it was usually not more than a couple hours till there was something else we, you know, we all wanted to do, some sort of show or dinner or something although they will feed the kids dinner if they're left there the vibe i got is that some parents check the kids in and then just go do their thing like we mostly did it if you know we both wanted to go use the the spa thing or or there was one night where we had dinner in the fancier restaurant uh so we didn't want to actually feed the kids good food so we stuck them in the kids club um Kids but yeah, I'm, let's cut. Kids Club sounds like a really positive part of this experience. It was. Well, so my son, it's, it's a positive part for the grown-ups. My son loved it because part of the Kids Club, like there's a lot of things you can do. They bring people in. They have whole, you know, Disney-esque routines and things. Mm -hmm. But you can also just play games on iPads that they have there. And that's 
basically my son's fondest dream is to be locked in a small room and not bothered while he plays video games for several hours. Uh -huh. So he was thrilled. I mean, he thinks it's the greatest vacation he's ever had. Where, where were you on the seven seas? So I'm not really good at geography. Uh, we were on water. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, we went from Miami to um, somewhere that I'm totally forgetting, to, uh, Cozumel. And then we went from there to Disney's private island, which is called something, Castaway Key, I believe. And then we went back. It was only five days. It was relatively short. My wife wished it had been longer. I felt like it was just about exactly right. Uh, my son wanted several more hours locked up with an iPad. Um, Disney is a private island? Yeah, I mean, it's... It, yeah, apparently. the we were, On the private island, we uh, there's also a kids' club at the private island, which, like, on the island. So you take the kids onto the island as if you were all going to go have family fun, and then you check them into a corral, essentially, and leave them there where they do I don't know what, and we went to a mojito tasting. Um, and the mojito tasting was right towards the end of the whatever, shore leave or whatever it's called. Um, and so the guy sets out five cups, each one prepared to make a different sort of elaborate mojito, and then says, nobody at my tastings gets to leave a glass full. Oh, and also uh, we have 30 minutes. So that was a fascinating experience and a really uh, shining beacon on a family vacation. A mojito tasting. Do they just all taste like sugary, <laughs> sugary rum drinks? I mean, I, I don't understand. Mostly. The, the, the Caprina uh, tastes more like a sugary rum drink mixed with Windex. But other than that, yes, for the most part. What are the odds that we could lure Bruce Allen and Daniel Snyder to a mojito tasting on Disney Island and then just shove off? <laughs> I, I get the sense that you can't like throw the boat into reverse and peel out. I don't think it works like that, uh, but I, I could be mistaken. I did find myself thinking about other kinds of cruises, you know, because you read about like, oh, I went on a cruise with what a Weezer or I went Gronk. on a, yeah, a Gronk, cruise. Gronk cruise or whatever. And I found myself trying to imagine what a Redskins cruise would be like. It would be just like that, like Redskins bar that opened up in Loudoun County and then closed like three weeks later. <laughs> so essentially it would be like a jumped up Ruby Tuesdays with burgundy and gold paint all over everything. Is that about right? Yeah, but somewhere there would be like a mural of Art Monk and I would be like, I would be there for that. Okay, so here's one thing they would have. The, the Disney Cruise uh, has a movie theater in it um, and the movie theater... Uh, plays, obviously, Disney-owned movies on a repeat, but what that means these days is that it plays Marvel movies and it plays Star Wars movies and stuff like that. I watched The Last Jedi three separate times on the cruise, uh, but this imaginary theater on our imaginary Redskins cruise would obviously just play Super Bowl 17, Super Bowl 22, mm -hmm. and Super Bowl 26 on an endless loop. Yes, and that one game where Mark Brunel threw two touchdowns to Santana Moss on Monday Night Football in Dallas. Could that, you sit that too? Could you sit through the first three quarters to get the payoff? No, no, no. At the I end only of that see game? the last two minutes. But I don't think it would. I don't think it would convey if you didn't have that. I, I really think you need the misery of the first three quarters to. You know what? I would, I would watch like a highlight reel, where it's like that game, like the end game there, like the hit that Sean Taylor put on that punter in the Pro Bowl, mm, yes. Art Monk breaking the receptions record. These are all I, the Redskins moments that I know of. I, I can't think of any. Oh. Uh, RG3's first game when he threw that like 80 yard touchdown to Pierre Garcon 
God, that was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a good one. Yeah. yeah. The, the TVs in the state rooms eat, have internal programming, and the internal programming is all stuff like the Disney movie channel. The Disney Classic Movie Channel, the you know the the Marvel Movie Channel, uh, Disney XD, whatever. It's all these things, so you could have that. You could have like 1970s Redskins, 1980s Redskins. The yeah. downside would be everybody on the cruise would get norovirus from some kind of you know expired peanuts or something. Um, one of my qualms with the Disney World experience is that there's no booze. I imagine that the cruise with like these kid zones where you can just like lock your kids in there for hours on end. I'd imagine the cruise is like the opposite. There's probably like bars galore on deck. Yes. Yes. There's, there's a very boozy cruise, I guess is my question. I would not characterize it as very boozy. Uh, And from a Disney standpoint, I will say that it was substantially less boozy for my wife and I than Epcot is because if you do Epcot, right. Uh, you you can really I've heard this. I've heard this. Yeah, the yeah, Epcot's great. Um, but no, I mean there's uh there was beer and they actually had a few um, decent beers, which surprised me. I was expecting nothing but uh, Heineken. Um, there's bars. There's you know elaborate drinks. There's you're allowed to bring on two bottles of wine or one six pack of beer per adult. Um, if you if that sort of thing appeals to you. Um, is there any is there any weed on Disney Island? So if there is, we weren't allowed on that part. I think that would be <laughs> what's what's the part of Peter Pan where he goes to like the bad place? I, oh, I feel like you. Yeah, I, I feel like you need that. That's where it would be. I want to smoke Mickey Mouse's weed. I, I mean, it's probably like just the best. Disney does everything first class. They really do first class it's experience. All, it's all really high end. Uh, the, it's funny because if there was weed on the boat, it would be great because there's all you can eat pizza constantly, all you can eat room service 24 hours a day, uh, all included as you know part of the whatever exorbitant price you pay for the cruise. So uh, it, 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 if you can get it into international waters and you are that daring, it seems like an optimal situation. Are there any rides on Disney Cruise? Uh, no, nah, there's, there's a couple water slides and one of them does this thing where it like drops you, um, you, you like go into a machine mm-hmm. and Huey, Dewey and Louie yell at you for a little bit and then it drops you. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, no, no rides. Where are the, um, character quarters? <sighs> this is a great question because there are characters everywhere and we had a Marvel day at sea, which featured a whole host of Marvel characters and a live Marvel performance and whatever. Wow. And all those people have to hide out somewhere. Yeah. Um, but like I don't where know where does it was. Captain America sleep at night. I assume it's just like in Titanic where like the Irish all live below decks and get yeah. drunk and have a true fun time while all the hoity toity bougie people upstairs are secretly miserable. I think that's where the characters how, are. Downstairs. How, how, how much effort did you put into pulling a rose and getting down to the, Marvel characters party below deck. Uh, minimal, minimal. We did look for a parked car somewhere just in case, but no such luck. Um, I often at Disney World, I will feel like trapped. <laughs> like there's nowhere to get away from like just all the people and the characters and the music and the sounds. Like it's just like too much. I want out. I would think that that would be compounded by also being on a boat so paradoxically it was not um, because 
there are places you can get away to. Whereas in Disney World, I think the thinking is like, look, if you don't like it, just leave. Uh, they're aware you can't do that on a boat. So there are places, uh, there's an adults only pool. And sure, a number of the so-called adults on this boat are not exactly, you know, uh, quiet, pleasant company, but it's quieter. There's all sorts of things. It was, it was really weird, man. I got to tell you, I, I did not expect it to be as enjoyable as it was. I'm glad, I'm glad it was for you. Um, my, like we were at Disney world, like once a day, we'll do the train ride. There's like an old timey train that goes all the way around the property. It's been there mm-hmm. like since it opened in 1960 or whatever. And mm-hmm. that's like our little like oasis, like our calming break in the action. I don't know what the equivalent of that would be on the cruise. I guess you could just go to your room or, or yeah, you go to your pool, room. perhaps. I, I don't know. Or the movie theater or there are, there is like, there's a section of bars. That's like, if kids aren't allowed in that section of the boat after whatever hour. And, and I, even during the day, I don't think there's many kids hanging out in the bar. They offer a whole lot of options for people who want nothing to do with other people. Uh, do you have that, is there that aspect, like at Disney World, it's so international, you know, like I, yes. I, I, I almost expect there to be a language barrier between me and like any other patron, like waiting in line or, or whatever. Yes. Uh, is it, is that the same vibe on the cruise as well? 100%. So much, no, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty international. I mean, the, I think that international audience for Disney is uh, those crazy people on Disney blogs who just sort of do everything Disney. Yes, they were just You know what language I didn't have to hear though was Twitter because mm. there is on-boat Wi-Fi, but you pay by the megabyte is how they do it. It's not by time and it's not by, you know, uh, location on the boat or anything. Basically, you can just get a package. And I bought a very small package just so that I could check my work email once a day because I'm very neurotic. Um, but I didn't have enough to spare to like get on Twitter. So it was that's like back was, to the '90s, like pay for however much you use. Exactly, and yeah. I got to tell you, it was great. I know it's the biggest cliche in the world to bemoan not being able to quit Twitter and whatever, but. I wish something would take Twitter away from me because, you know, I didn't know anything that had happened and it turned out that it didn't really matter. Good point. And timeline-wise, you got back before the Alex Smith trade, right? Yeah, because we we were able to record that thing. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. well, I couldn't remember if you went after, I don't know, you know, I kind of lost track of things. Yeah, me too. No, no, I was back before that. I don't think I missed, I mean, I don't know. If I missed anything of relevance, I... uh, I haven't heard about it. Now, uh, anything else from your Disney at sea adventure? No, I'm, I'm actually, I, I didn't know even going into talking about this. I figured I would have something really lively and exciting and amusing to say. But it turns out just kind of like, hey man, had a good time. What was the worst thing? Like what was just the, the, the low light of the trip? That's easy. I There was one night where I had really traditional uh, like seasickness. I did not... I did not get to fully express it by vomiting everywhere, but I, I had that really bad sort of nausea and sweaty discomfort. And I just had to get up, leave dinner. I wound up like flopped on the bed in the room. And that's where my wife found me later. <laughs> you don't get that at Walt Disney World. No, 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 you don't. Maybe if you, you know, you go to Tomorrowland and you do that one ride where like you spin around or the teacups, man, the teacups will make you sick. 
Yeah, it turns out the teacups are nauseating. I didn't remember that from a kid. Those were my favorites as a kid because you get to control something. It was like that and dumb. My kids love the teacups. And like yeah. my wife will not go on because she doesn't want vomit to get everywhere. Yeah. And so I end up going on with the kids and they're like, faster, more. Yeah. And I mean, every time I'm like barely holding on to my insides. Yeah, <laughs> no, I have, I have completely checked out of the teacups entirely. That is an experience I never need to have again. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I don't know. I think I might be out of out of juice on the Disney trip. Any, yeah, anything else? Well, I mean, unrelated to the Disney trip, although what I remembered was on our first day on the boat was we saw the um, the championship games, the NFC and AFC championship yep. games on the boat. Uh, and you and I haven't talked at all about the Eagles. Where, where do you fall on this spectrum? Because a lot of people have said, I'm, I'm a Redskins fan, and therefore I can never, ever root for an NFC East rival. Is that you? Um, so I, I have a complicating factor in that I run an apparel company, a sports apparel company called Breaking Tea, breakingtea.com. And, uh, I now have a rooting interest in any game that's tied to my business interests. Ah. Eagles fans were way more prepared to spend money on t-shirts than Patriots fans. So I was rooting with my wallet for the Eagles to win that game. I was rooting for Philly for the first time in my life. Now, I will say this, that, you know, like, regardless of who they were or how likable they were or, or whatever, I was going to root for them anyway, just based on, on, on money alone. But this turned out to somehow be, like, a really likable team. Like, yep. Nick Foles, I mean, incredible, incredible performance. He caught a touchdown. He had that amazing post-game press conference moment where he talked about embracing failure. And I mean, like people are printing it out and putting it on their cubicle walls. And then like there's that NFL films where like he ran over to the sideline and basically suggested to Doug Peterson that they call the Philly special. Like Nick Foles had like a magical Super Bowl. And I I support that. Like I, yeah. I thought it was just an awesome like underdog story and i totally mean that in like not a sarcastic way it was just like a great feel-good sports accomplishment and i think i lost matt i don't think he could handle me talking about the eagles that way or expressing actual human emotion uh so i'm just gonna end the podcast now and cut our losses 